Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen.
Gospels tell a story about a man that was lowered through the roof by four crazy friends. And they lowered him right into the presence of Jesus where he needed to be. And the house was full of doubt and unbelief. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were there trying to see if they could catch Jesus in something, trap him. And the Bible says that the power was present to heal them all. Everyone in the house. The power was present to heal everyone in the house. And I know there was more in that house that was sick than just the one man that was lowered through the roof. 
but he was the only one that got healed. Even though the house was full of power to heal, one man got healed. And it's because when Jesus looked down and said that he saw his faith, that same power is present in this house to heal this morning. And the only one that's going to receive it is the one that can reach up with the hands of faith and simply receive it. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to wonder whether or not you deserve it. Don't try to figure out whether or not you're righteous enough, you behaved enough. If you're in Christ, he's in you. and He made you worthy to receive healing. He wants you healed. So if you can reach up with the hand of faith this morning, reach up and just receive it. Nothing more to it than that. Just receive it. Say, Lord, I receive your healing power into my body right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. That was a powerful song, Judy. Really enjoyed that. I needed that. Thank you, guys. Hallelujah. Children, you're dismissed. Amplified. Amplified, you're dismissed. Hallelujah. I know somebody in here needed that. I did. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to continue my series on healing. I started this a couple weeks ago. I even taught it on Wednesday night. If you hadn't got that uh, video, let us know and we'll send it to you. But open your Bibles to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. It's a familiar verse. I'm going to read it in King James, and then I'm going to emphasize a few things in some other translations to bring more clarity to it. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, it says, My son, my daughter, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and healing to all their flesh. Life unto those that find them and healing to all their flesh. Listen to verse 22 and a few other translations. The New Living Translation says, For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. The Passion Translation says, Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. God's Word translation says, because they are life to those who find them, and they heal the whole body. Easy Reader Version says, these words are the secret of life and health to all who discover them. The Amplified Classic says, for they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. The Jubilee translation says, For they are life unto those that find them and medicine to all their flesh. Did you hear that? Medicine to all their flesh. And finally, the Message Bible says, Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul. They're bursting with health. health. 
Are you starting to see a pattern here? Are you beginning to see that there is life, healing, and health in God's word, not just for the physical body, but for the whole man, which includes body and soul? And the soul consists of the mind, the will, and the emotions. So once you get this medicine into you, this healing power of God, the word of God, it will not only heal, heal your physical ailments, but it will heal anguish of mind. There's a lot of medication being taken in the world today to calm people's minds down and to uh, help them with their thought life. But it says here that God's word will not only heal our physical body, but it will help us with problems in the mind. Now, it won't control your emotions, but it will help you to control your emotions. So it's obvious that God's word is medicine from what we read. A medicine, a medicine that can heal all, say all, all, all manner of sickness and disease and mental anguish. And there's nothing, say nothing, nothing. that God's medicine can heal. Nothing. But just like natural medicine, it doesn't help you unless you get it inside of you. You have to get it in your system. I went to my doctor this past Friday, who happens to also be a man of God and who believes in natural medicine and the word of God cooperating with one another. He knows how to mix God's medicine with natural medicine, and I can't tell you how valuable that is, because normally you go to doctors and they can't do that. It's all medical science or nothing at all, but thank God for a doctor like him. You know, people think we have to keep science and divine healing separate, but we don't have to keep it separate. They're actually designed to work with and cooperate with one another. We need both. You know, I've always believed in medicine, but I looked at God first. Yes. And you know, I've always believed that medicine can help us. It can relieve symptoms. It can even assist our immune system and boost it and get us to the place where our body begins to produce the healing that we need. But God is the only one that could heal us. Amen. Doctors are wonderful. They help us, they wanna help us. They're genuinely concerned with us when we go to them. And they wanna help us get back to our normal health. But they're limited, where God is not limited. A doctor can give you medication, like I said, to help with symptoms. They can perform a surgery and remove a diseased tissue or remove something that doesn't work, and in some cases, even replace it. You know, replace a kidney, replace a heart even, replace a lung, and that's wonderful. But once they sew you up, they're through. It's God's job to close those wounds and heal you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And I remember when I had my back surgery, uh, I was crying out to God and feeling sorry for myself, and you know, wondering why he didn't heal me because I believe in healing and uh, I quoted all my scriptures and I prayed and everything. Why didn't you heal me? And I'm telling you, God spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but I felt him speaking to my heart and saying, if you don't think I healed you, how's that wound going to close? How's that wound going to be sealed and healed? And I realized then, that there was healing power uh, in the healing of my body. There was God's healing power in the 
final healing of my body. He's the one that closed that wound. They put stitches in it, but they couldn't fuse that skin together. They couldn't fuse that muscle together. It had to be God to do that. So he does heal, and he cooperates with natural medicine and science. But there are many religions, and sad to say, many denominations that refuse all kinds of medical intervention. It's divine healing or nothing at all. If God doesn't heal me, it wasn't his will for me to be healed. And a lot of people die because of it. And then there's religions and denominations that believe uh, only in medical science and only in natural medicine. And they say that uh, divine healing is not for this dispensation. Divine healing has been a done, done away with when the last apostle died. Well, here's a new news flash for you. The last apostle isn't dead. Hebrews 3, 1 says, Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. The last apostle is alive. He's living. He's living inside of you. He's living inside of me. He's not dead. Anyway, I told my doctor that I was struggling with anxiety at times, especially at night. And he said, I can give you some medicine to help with that. And I was a little hesitant, and he seen that. And I said, well, I've been quoting the word and positive confessions, and it's really been helping me. It's been getting me through the night. And uh, he looked at me, and he said, uh, and now uh, he's, he's familiar with the devices of the enemy, you know, and he knows how Satan operates in the task. But he says to me, why not do both? Get as much help as you can. And in other words, use God's medicine and natural medicine. And so uh, I do both. Well, I did both one time. One time, I took, I took one. And it really helped me sleep. There's no doubt about it, you know. But when I would wake up, I'd begin to quote scriptures like Psalms 46.10. Surrender your anxiety. Be still and realize that I am God. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer, uh, with thanksgiving, prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the God of peace will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I quote things like that, but I'm telling you, uh, when I took the, the pill the other night to help me sleep and quoted my scriptures, I slept like a baby all night. So, you know, use both. Use them to your advantage. There's nothing wrong with that. And I know you're wishing you had a doctor like mine right now, but I don't think he's accepting new patients. And don't be a hater now. That envy doesn't look good on you. Besides that, the Bible says envy can rot in your bones. So don't get envious about this thing now. No, I'm just kidding. He, he, you know, he's a great doctor. We've been going to him for, I don't know, 16, 16 or more years. And uh, he's been great the whole time. Well, anyway, he wrote this prescription for me when I picked it up from the drugstore. Scratch that. When I picked it up from the pharmacy, I should say drugstore. That has a whole new defi definition nowadays. So when I picked it up at the pharmacy, it had a label on it. And uh, on the label was his instructions for me taking that medication. And he was very specific as to when to take it, how much to take it, and how often to take it. Uh, take it with water or milk and, you know, uh, 
should I take it on an empty stomach or with food? And, and there was even a warning label on there with potential side effects. But what would happen if I never bothered to take that medicine? It wouldn't help me, would it? And what if I didn't take it exactly the way he prescribed it? What if I took more or took less? Well, it probably wouldn't help me the way it was designed to help me, and uh, it couldn't even cause me more harm than good. But my point is this, that my doctor knows me, and he knows, uh, medically speaking, what I need when I'm sick. But I also have to trust him and have faith and confidence in him and follow his instructions to the letter if I want him to help me. And if I don't follow his instructions, then I've wasted my time, his time, and some money. So, you know, if you're not going to do what the doctor says, don't bother going to see him. And you got to have faith in that, too. I know, I believe in God. God's going to heal me. Great. Believe your doctor knows what he's doing, and he's going to... Do everything he can to help get you healed. Have faith and confidence in him as well. Have faith and confidence when you put that pill in your mouth that it's going to do what it was designed to do and do, and do you no harm. Matter of fact, I told him, I said, there's only two doctors in this world that I trust, Dr. Jesus and you. I actually told him that, and I meant it from the bottom of my heart because he's never led me astray, and he's always helped me. And Pastor that's her doctor too. But just as you have to physically not only ingest that medication, but digest it to get it into your system, you have to do that. Uh, it's not going to help you unless it gets into your system. And uh, I have to ingest and digest God's medicine as well. I have to get his medicine into my system or it's not going to help me either. And the medicine my doctor gave me is pretty simple. Place it on your tongue and chase it down your throat with a glass of water or a glass of milk. But with God's medicine, it's different. We have to eat it like food, except it doesn't go to our stomach where it's later going to be purged out. It must go into our heart, our spirit, where it will remain and it will produce and bring healing, what it's intended to do. The prophet Jeremiah said, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. See, God's word enters the heart, not the stomach. And Jesus said in the parable of the sower that when the word is sown, Satan cometh immediately to take the word that was sown out of your heart. So when the word is sown, uh, whether you hear it from somebody else sowing it or you're reading it out loud and sowing it yourself, it goes to your heart. Meditation is what gets it in your heart and keeps it there. It's not memorization in the head. I can memorize something and six months later forget it completely. But when I meditate on it and I get it in my heart, I can quote it for years. Years down the road, I can quote that scripture because it comes up out of my heart. I don't have to memorize it. It's in my heart. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's where the word has to go. We have to get it in our heart. Jeremiah 15, 16 in the Message Bible says, when your words showed up, I ate them, swallowed them whole. What a feast. The Jerusalem Bible said, when your words came, I devoured them. Taylor translation says, your words are what sustain me. They are food to my soul. 
You know, a lot of people believe in healing. But just believing in healing or believing that God heals you and taking God's medicine are two different things. You do need to believe that God heals you. That's where your faith comes in. But you also must believe in his word being medicine as well. You know, a lot of people believe in healing without actually taking God's medicine. And many of these people are wondering why they didn't get healed. You know, I believe in eating natural food, obviously. But if I don't ever put it in my mouth, I will eventually starve to death. It's not enough to just believe in something. You got to partake of it. Your eyes and your ears, your eyes and your ears are the gateway to your soul. And that's how God's word will enter your mind through your eyes or your ears. It'll, it'll enter your mind. And it then has the ability to change your will, if you allow it to, and it can help you control your emotions like anxiety and fear. And these are the things I was controlling. I, it was a battle for me. I was struggling with it. It took me uh, uh, more than a minute to get to that place where I finally got the peace of God and was able to go back to sleep. Uh, but the pill will help. But don't give up on the other. I'm still putting that medicine in my heart. But if you want God's word, his healing medicine to affect your body, you have to meditate on it, cause it to go beyond the mind and into the heart where it will remain and it will bring forth that which it was intended to do. It'll bring faith and then it will bring health and healing to the whole body. Paul said in Romans 10, 17, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But there's more to it than that. The word has to be not only heard, but it has to be uh, ingested and it has to be digested and it has to get throughout your spiritual being. And it has to get from there into your body to affect healing. A lot of people hear the word, but it doesn't affect them because it goes in one ear and out the other. That's why when you hear it, you have to capture it, meditate on it, get it in your heart where it's going to help you. I believe in water, but if I never drink it, I'll eventually die of thirst. It's the same with God's word, God's medicine. Believing in it isn't just isn't enough by itself. You got to get it in you. God is the great physician and has prescribed his word as medicine to all our flesh. Isn't that what we read in Proverbs 4, 20 through 22? And his word has been proven to heal. His word has been proven to be effective. But just like natural medicine, we gotta get it into us and we have to do it according to the instructions on the prescription. God's word is a healing agent and a catalyst, just like natural medicine is designed to be a healing agent and a catalyst. And there's several parallels between God's medicine and natural medicine. The medicine my doctor gives me when I'm sick contains the capacity to reduce symptoms and assist in the healing process, but I have to ingest it, digest it, get it into my system before it begins to work and help me. 
And I have to do it according to his instructions. So many times a day, for 10 days, or whatever the instructions are, you got to follow them. He went to school for a long time to learn how to do that. He's, he had to serve an internship to do that. I'll tell you a funny story. When I first started going to him, my cholesterol was through the ceiling, so he prescribed uh, a cholesterol drug, uh, I the name, Crestor. And I said, I really don't want to take that. I, he said, well, why not? This was dumb. I was dumb back then. I said, because I did some research <laughs> on the internet. He said, oh, you did some research, huh? He said, let me tell you what he, research is. He said, research is eight years of college, four years of internship, and, and 10 years of practice. That's research. He says, you went on the internet, internet for two minutes and you know more than I do? I said, write that prescription, Doc. <laughs> That's a true story. And I, that man gained my respect that day. He put me in my place and gained my respect that day. Amen. Been going to him ever since. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Psalms 107.20 says, He sent his word and healed them. He delivered them from their destructions. The Fenton translation puts it this way. He sent out his word and it healed. And from their corruptions, it's freed. We sang that in the song this morning. You know, healing is here. Freedom is here. Uh, you know, it's wonderful to be free from sickness and disease. God doesn't want us sick. Jesus came to set us free. Yes. Not only free, but free indeed. Hallelujah. So as we look at God's prescription this morning for healing in Proverbs 4.20 through 22, as we look at it a little closer, we'll find the following verses, 23 through 27, has the warning label. There's a warning label attached to it, just like my prescription bottle. And first of all, his prescription should be taken daily and as frequently as desired. You can't overdose on God's medicine. And it should be swallowed with deep drinks of living water from the river of life, the Holy Ghost. He'll help you ingest it and digest it. But let's read what's on the warning label for possible side effects if we don't take it as directed. Do you take a little more or you need to get home and check the ropes? Are y'all out there with me? This is important. We need to really we need to really take this in. Don't be thinking about the ropes. I'll get you home in time to get it out of the oven. While taking this medicine, do the following. Verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Life comes from the heart. As a matter of fact, that's where we should live. You know, I know we live in a geographical location of Louisville, Kentucky, or Taylorsville, or Shelbyville, or uh, Indiana, or whatever. That's a physical, geographical location. But no matter where you live geographically, you should live out of your heart. Because whatever is issuing out of your heart will issue here, or it will issue wherever you move to. It will never change until you change it. So live out of your heart. I don't care where you live geographically, but live out of your heart. And make sure your heart is full of life. But anyway, that's where life comes from, the heart. 
Verse 24, another warning. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. You have a froward mouth and perverse lips when you talk contrary to the word of God. God said, don't do it. He said, put it far from you. In other words, while taking this medication, no negative talk. Speak only God's word. Don't be, don't be telling people how bad you feel or how much you're suffering or what you're going through or, or any of that stuff because that brings pity and sympathy and that's the last thing that you need. Or should I lie to them and tell them I, I feel good when I don't say, no, you can tell them I've been better, but I'm getting better by the minute. God's healing powers that work in me and it's affecting the healing and the cure. And say it with a smile. Don't wear, don't wear your sickness and stuff on your, on your sleeve. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things I prayed about. And, and I told my family, and I told Pastor Ed, I said, I want to continue normally. Uh, if, if I ever had a disease or something, you know, I want life to be normal for me. I don't want you to be able to tell by looking at me or looking at my sleeve and be able to tell that I'm going through something. Yeah, I might be going through something, but I don't want to look like I'm going through something. Yeah. Amen? I want to be positive. And, and, you know, when there's something that I can't do the way that I used to, I thank God at least that I'm still doing it. You know, I can't bend as far or, or run as fast or move as fast. Not, but I'm still moving, and I thank God for that. I don't dwell on uh, not being able to do what I used to do. I'm dwelling right now and thanking God that thank God I can still move. Thank God I can still bend. Thank God I can still walk. Thank God I can run with a shuffle. Hallelujah. I'm not going to complain about what I don't have. I'm going to praise God for what I do have and what I am able to do. It's all about attitude, amen? Then he says in verse 25, Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. He's saying that you must stay focused. And this is probably the most important and hardest thing to do when you're going through something is staying focused on the word. Focused on taking your medicine. Uh, and he's not talking about just a casual look or a casual glance or, or giving the word to once over either. He's talking about a focused concentration on the word that can't be broken. No distraction can break it. And the devil has a million ways to distract you and cause you to lose focus. Trust me. And it's almost impossible nowadays to get someone's attention. Try to get somebody to sit down with you and, and hold their attention for very long. And when you do manage to get it, you can't keep it because as soon as a distraction comes, their phone beeps or rings or somebody runs by or something, they think of something else, you lost them. You've lost their attention. But you can't allow that to happen with God's word. He said, attend to my words. Pay attention to my words. And I'm going to show you in a minute how important focusing is and how, how much of a lost art it is to this generation. You know, uh, I believe in meditation, but I believe in Christian meditation, meditating on the word of God, focusing on a scripture 
and holding it. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. Because as soon as you start and you sit down and you begin to meditate on a passage of scripture, and, and I'm not talking about sitting with your legs folded and your hands like this humming. I'm talking about just sitting on an easy chair or kneeling by the bed and taking a scripture and meditating on it and getting it into your heart. That's the type of meditation I'm talking about. And, and two minutes into it, the devil's going to remind you about the leftover meatball sandwich in the refrigerator. No. Get that out of your mind. Get focused back on that scripture you've been meditating on. And as soon as you get that going, he's going to remind you. He says, are you hungry? You're hungry, ain't you? No, shut up. I'm meditating. But it's up to you. You've got to grab your mind. You've got to get it focused back on what you're doing. It's hard to do. It's not easy. But it can be done. Amen? All right, we know what our prescription is, and we know what's on the warning label, but unlike natural medicine, God's medicine is guaranteed to work. This is one thing I've learned through meditation is God guaranteed his medication to work. Who else can do that? Pfizer can't do it. Moderna can't do it. Johnson & Johnson can't do it. Merck can't do it. None of them can guarantee that their medication is going to work. As a matter of fact, when you get done reading the warning labels, you probably won't even want to put it in your mouth. The only thing they guarantee you is that it might not work. But God guarantees it will work every time. See, God made a covenant of healing for us. In Exodus 15, 26, he called himself Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. And he basically said the same thing in Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. Exodus 15, 26, and the Amplified saying, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, your God. Does that sound like attend to my words, pay attention to my words and will do what is right in his sight. He's not asking us to do much. He's just saying, do what's right. And will listen to and obey his commandments and keep all his statutes or laws. He said, I will allow none of the diseases upon you, which I allowed upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. The lesser translation says, I, the Lord, am thy physician. Hallelujah. So if we listen to and obey all the statutes, follow the prescription according to the label directions, he said he would not allow these diseases on us that he allowed upon the Egyptians. What if the disease has already come upon us? Now, I don't mean to sound arrogant, but if he's the Lord that heals us, and he is, then he has to take it off. Amen. Or he can't call himself the Lord our healer. Psalms 103 says he forgives all our iniquities. He healeth all our diseases. All is an encompassing word. It means everything. Every kind of sickness and disease you can think of. When God spoke to Moses on the backside of the desert through the burning bush that was not consumed, God called himself the great I am. Moses said, who should I say sent me? He says, tell them I am sent you. And he told the prophet Malachi, for I am the Lord, I change not. 
The writer of Hebrews said, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we also know that Paul said we have a new and better covenant based upon better promises. A better covenant than the old covenant. A newer covenant that's better. So if God isn't our healer today, then he's changed. If Jesus Christ isn't our healer today, then he, has, he is not the same. And if there's not healing in this new covenant, it can't be better than the old covenant because they had healing in the old covenant. So if God's changed and Jesus isn't the same and our new covenant isn't better than the old, then God is no longer the great I am. He is the great I was. But he's not the great I was. He's still the great I am because he still heals. Hallelujah. He hasn't changed. Jesus is still the same. We do have a better covenant because it's based upon the blood of Jesus Christ, not of bulls and goats. So yes, he's still our healer. He's still our great physician, and he's still the great I am. Yes. We have to believe that. Amen. Healing hasn't been done away with. God's word is his prescription for what ails us. But again, you have to ingest it, digest it, before it will help you. You have to follow his specific instructions to the letter and heed the warning label. But here's something else that I have to warn you about. And I'm going to close with this. Uh, at least this will be my first closing. <laughs> this is no surprise, but the devil is going to do everything in his power to distract you from the word. Because that's the only thing that gives him power is when he can get you away from the word. Isolate you. Get you off as a straggler of some kind, and then he's going to devour you. So you can't allow him to distract you from taking this medicine. In Numbers chapter 21, uh, verses 1 through 9, I'm going to read it in the Amplified Classic. It says, when the Canaanite king of Arad, the devil, who dwelt in the south, the Negev, heard that Israel was coming by the way of Atharim, the route traveled by the spies sent out by Moses uh, when he sent them out to spy out the promised land. And he fought against Israel and took some of them captive. And Israel vowed a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to Israel and gave over the Canaanites and they utterly destroyed them and their cities, and the name of the place was called Hormah, a band or devoted thing. And they journeyed from Mount Hor, H-O-R, by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient, discouraged, and depressed because of the trials of the way. You know, when you're on a journey to the promised land, and there's many things in the promised land, one of them is healing, one of them is prosperity, one of them is protection and safety. All of our promises are in the promised land. And living life in the promised land is living life in the Holy Ghost. He's the one that's going to appropriate the promises. And uh, right now, 
What some of us need in the, in, the, in the promised land is healing. And it's a journey to get there. There's going to be times where you can become impatient, depressed, and discouraged, just like the children of Israel. But no, no matter what comes about, no matter what the devil tries to distract you with, no matter what he throws at you, you have to remain focused on your journey. You have to remain focused on the word. I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Paul says we're running a race. And, and he's telling us we got to keep our eyes on the finish line. If you look to the left, you'll run left. If you look to the right, you'll get distracted and run right. You'll start to slow down. You'll lose your pace and you'll fall behind. Stay focused on the word. Stay, stay focused on Jesus. Concentrate on the word. Verse 5 says, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Big mistake. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and we loathe this light bread, this contemptible, abstain, uh, uh, unsubstantial manna. You know, God is making provision for him in the wilderness. And that wasn't an easy job. You're talking about couple million people, maybe more. Can you imagine uh, setting up camp and feeding that many people two or three times a day? It's not an easy chore. But he's providing manna from heaven. Sure, it wasn't a T-bone steak. It wasn't a chicken leg. But I'm telling you, it had everything in it that you needed. You would gather that every morning and, and uh, a double portion on the weekend so you didn't violate the Sabbath. And you would eat that, and it had a pleasant taste. And it provided all the nourishment your physical body needed, including healing. And they complained. And you know, it's one thing to speak against and question your spiritual leader, but it's another thing when you speak out and question God. And that's what they did. And in verse 6, it says, Then the Lord sent fiery, burning serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. What should I do, Lord? We're being bitten by these poisonous snakes and we're dying by the thousands, what should I do? And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent of bronze or brass and set it on a pole and everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. Now brass represents judgment. So when they looked at that brass serpent on that pole, they realized that they were being judged for their sin. Verse 9 says, And Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole. And if a serpent had bitten any man, when he looked to the serpent of bronze, attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. Again, this is not just a casual glance or give it the once over and go about your business. You had to stare at it attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. 
you had to be focused on that and you wouldn't get bit and if you were already bit you would live so this is Moses leading the Jews in the wilderness but they had lost their focus took their eyes off the goal the promised land the author and finisher of their faith and they started complaining about God's provision of manna started focusing instead on how hard they had it and how hard their lives were and how much they missed all the food of Egypt and they started feeling sorry for themselves they started having a pity party so in the process they lost their appreciation not only for Moses their spiritual leader but they lost their appreciation for God and their attitudes changed that's why I said, if there's something that you can't do as good as you used to do it, thank God that you can still do it, even though it's a little slower and it ain't as strong as it used to be, you're still doing it. Amen. And don't ever, let me take a side journey here, you know, don't ever give in to something. You know, you may have a weakness come upon you, you may uh, get to the place where you can't walk as well, you can't think as well, you can't do chores as well, cut the grass as well as you used to, but that's no reason to quit. Don't lay down on it, don't stop it. Push yourself. Yeah. Amen. Drive yourself if you have to. Grab yourself by the collar, get up and do it. If it's one step today, two steps tomorrow, three steps the next, you just keep taking them steps. Don't give in to the devil. Amen. Give it all you got. Prove the devil wrong, and you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger every day. Brother Keith Moore told a story one time in healing school. He had a woman come in. She was basically paralyzed in a wheelchair. He laid hands on her, and he told her that, you know, the Bible says we shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That means you might not walk out of here today. You might not leave that wheelchair behind today, but you are recovering. Now go home and do something. So that one morning she got out of bed, she got herself out of bed, she stood at the side of the bed and pulled the blanket halfway up. And then she got in her wheelchair. She was exhausted. Next day she got up, got out of bed, pulled her blanket up, a little more than halfway. Anyway, long story short, she did this every day, a little more every day until finally she made that whole bed. And then she left the wheelchair at the other side of the bedroom so that she had to walk to the bed instead of just wheel up to it and roll over. And she had to, when she got up in the morning after she made her bed, had to walk to the wheelchair. And you know that woman just kept doing that every day, a little bit more, a little bit more, until she was completely out of that wheelchair and on her own. Hallelujah. So don't give in, don't quit. Queenie, if you can't take a full breath today, take as much as you can. And tomorrow, take a little more. And the next day, take a little more. Just keep doing it. Don't quit. Hallelujah. But anyway, these poisonous snakes are biting them. And they cried out for help from Moses, the very one they were complaining about. And so Moses prayed. He got the answer. He uh, erected the serpent on the pole. And he put it up. And he told them, look on the pole. Stare at the pole. Uh, uh, be attentive, ex expectingly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. Behold it. Keep it in your 
in your eyes. Focus on it. Don't take your eyes off of it. You'll get bit and you'll die. Can you imagine how hard that was? Snakes biting at your feet, snapping at your ankles, and you can't look down. You can't see where they're coming from. You just have to keep staring at that pole, that serpent on the pole. How about your kids? Keep your eye on the pole. Don't look at the snake. Yeah, but they're biting me. Look at the pole. Look at the pole. They had to keep their eyes on the pole if they wanted to live. What was the magic in the pole? Well, the pole was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. He was our healer on the cross, our savior on the cross. And you may wonder how Jesus could represent a serpent. Well, because that serpent was the first representation of sin in the Garden of Eden. The pole represented the cross where Jesus became everything that that uh, serpent represented. We were born into sin, but when we behold the cross, when we behold Jesus Christ on the cross, when we look at it attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, we're forgiven of our sins, and not only that, but we're healed of our diseases. Amen. The children of Israel received a physical, uh, physical life in healing. But when we behold the cross, and we accept the finished work of the cross, we inherit an eternal life in healing. But can you imagine how hard it was to stay focused? Can you imagine how hard it is to keep your focus on the word when your body is invaded by a deadly disease? Can you imagine how hard it is to keep your eyes on the cross and on the word when snakes are all around your feet, distractions are all around your feet, the snakes are snapping at you, trying to bite you? It's hard to keep focused. Think about the effort it takes to keep your eyes on the, the word when you're getting them. One bad report after another. And you're like, no, the word. Oh, man, no, the word. It's hard, but it can be done. Hallelujah. I mean, one, one attack right after another. One snake bite right after another. And you got to be laser focused on that cross. Laser focused on the finished work of Jesus Christ. Laser focused on the word that's medicine to all your flesh and it's healing you. Can't look to the right or left. And that what Proverbs told us, don't look to the right or left, keep your eyes straight ahead. If you wanna be healed and live, you have to keep your focus on the word. You have to follow God's instructions to the letter. Keep taking your medicines, keep your eyes on Jesus, you're healed. Amen? Let's say a confession and then we're going to close. Hallelujah. Say this after me. God's word. God's word. Wait a minute, let's stand up. It'll, I mean, it'll get you a little closer to heaven. God's word, God's word is medicine, medicine to all my flesh. God said, He's the Lord that heals me. He will take sickness from me. The Word of God is full of the life of God. That life is saturating my spirit. 
The more I read, the more it saturates. The more the word that's in me expands. And the more it expands, the more sickness and disease it drives out. Hallelujah. God's life and healing power is in his word. And his word is at work in me. It's driving out sickness, disease, and mental anguish. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is what you need to do. You can start with Proverbs 4.20 through 22. Very easy passage of scripture. Meditate on it. Get it in your heart to where you can close your eyes and say it without reading it. And then once it's med you've meditated on it and you've got it into your heart, write down what it means to you. Well, I mean, don't just write it down, you know, like I said on Wednesday night in King James. Write it down in your own word. What does this mean to me? You know, what does it mean to attend to God's word? Uh, you know, and, and then just write it down and then that becomes your confession. Just like what we just confessed that come from the word, that come from Proverbs 4, 20, 22, and Exodus 15, 26. And just begin to confess that. Get it into your heart, because that's how you ingest it, and then that's how you digest it, and that's how you get it through your system where it will do you some good. Amen? Amen. God bless you. We love you and appreciate you. We will see you on Wednesday. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.